Meanwhile, we have, yes, we, have another, we have another call in the line. Caller number four, you're on the air. Hello. Is this? I think. I think we have a blank revolution coming on. Is this? Is this? Is this a freedom to all blank? Excuse me. What's that mean? What does that mean? Elaborate. Yeah, well, elaborate. What does that mean? Oh, uh, I, I, you know, I think I'm waiting for uh, for my my cohort here. Uh, uh, where where is she? This is. I think I think I managed to. This is. I think I hacked into the system a little early. You hacked into the system. Oh, he's early. a hacker. <laughs> he's a hacker. All right, we're gonna hang up on the hacker. I'm. Uh, Cybersecurity stuff. That was some cybersecurity stuff. Okay. No. Take it away, Max. It's all yours. This is Max, 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 Max. I'm alive and direct. Sitting in for Jason Carter. This is Max presenting. Courtesy of the Six 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 Act Corporation. My audience to me. Oh, oh, I feel a broad, broad, broadcast coming on. TTTTV! <laughs> my world! My empire! My voice! Your pleasure. Untitled. 20 minutes into the future, a Max Headroom podcast with Heather and Austin. Hey, and welcome to 20 minutes into the future. The show that brings you an episode on an off week when you weren't supposed to get one, I guess? Smoke if you got them. That's weird. I don't know if I trust it. Yeah. Well, um, we're, we're, we're bringing you something because we actually, uh, we want to tell you about something we're doing that we're very excited we about. We do. Um, and so we figured, why don't we just bring you some extra content and then we can also tell you this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the thing that we want to tell you, it's way more important than the extra content. We are going to be doing a Zoom watch party. Yeah. Coming up next Saturday. That's right. Uh, April 3rd. If you're listening to this on drop day. April 3rd. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely not a trick. Yeah. It's not a joke. It's not. We're doing it for real. It's not a fool, for sure. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. So, yes, uh, we're going to be watching this at 6 p.m., PST, that's 9 p.m. EST, uh, and uh, hopefully everybody else can do that's the right. math for uh, other parts of the world. Math, 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 math. And this is where uh, we're going to be watching the UK telefilm uh, that was originally aired on BBC4, just titled Max Headroom. Catch the wave. And if you are looking for the link to get into the Zoom, we will have that posted on social media and we'll post that on our website. So if this is just coming into your ears mysteriously because you subscribe to our feed, just look it up on the internet. The link is going to be there. Oh, they have the internet on computers now. We are not going to read it out because those Zoom links are gigantic. Right. And uh, I think a couple of ground rules we might want to mention. Uh, first off, what are you afraid of? I got a magnet or something? We will have the chat open. But for the actual episode portion of the uh, Zoom thing, uh, to make sure that the audio is uh, 
clear for as many people as possible. We'll be muting everyone at first, just for the viewing part of it. Afterwards, we'll probably open it up to well, everyone except us. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll throw in our two cents here and there. Um, but then afterwards, we'll open it up for a more lively conversation. Um, but we will keep the chat open. The more you know. We'll probably reiterate some of those beforehand. Yes. I think that's all we really need to know about the Zoom party. This is the first of them. If it goes well, we'll continue having them. Yeah, yeah. So um, we want to urge people to stick around uh, till the end of this particular um, episode because we are going to be addressing some listener mail. Message! Um, and some other uh, online comments. Um, but uh, uh, to uh, make it all worth your while, um, Wayo Radio in Rochester, New York, has been so considerate to uh, not only um, kind of give us a little bit of airtime to talk about our uh, program, um, but um, they let us, uh, you know, uh, take over the uh, teen set radio. Punks in the world, you not wall up! Give it a bit of the welly! Um, for a few minutes to uh, discuss 20 minutes into the future. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, Sound of Tomorrow. Um, you might like the show, Heather. I think uh, I think it would appeal to you. Talking with the friends and they think they're clever. I mean, I've heard stuff about it. <laughs> but they did let us take over. That was awfully nice of them. Yeah. And so uh, we did an hour um, plus, basically, on Wayo um, recently, where they let us plug 20 minutes into the future. And so um, we're going to talk about stuff that's actually not exactly 20 minutes into the future stuff, but is is, is relevant and tangential and, and is a, a lot of fun. Let's get started now. And then stick around. We'll do the letters afterwards. So. I'm Heather Zykowski, the babe with the power. And coming up next on The Sound of Tomorrow on WAYO LP Rochester, Ross Johnson, your favorite co-host, my favorite co-host, everybody's favorite co-host is out of office today. So we are joined by our amazing, I've got, dual personalities now, our amazing friend Austin Rich for this episode, and we are going to be talking about Drag Race, we're going to be talking about cats, we're going to be talking about a fun new thing, and we're going to be talking about sexual harassment in the workplace. But first... The sound of tomorrow with Heather and Ross, together with their friends, you know their boss. Sound of tomorrow, with Ross and Heather talking with their friends and they think they're clever. Hey, look, there's Jimmy Spacebar. Take it to the space bridge. Yes, we smell and have mad radio skills. At the sound of tomorrow, you can get your thrills. Sound of tomorrow, they're your radio friends. The SOT, the fun never ends. SOT. Sound of tomorrow, S-O-T, sound of tomorrow. The sound of tomorrow, the sound of tomorrow, the sound of tomorrow. Doing things and also stuff, it's the sound of tomorrow. Everybody, I'm Heather Zykowski, the babe with the power, and you are listening to The Sound of Tomorrow on WAYO, LP Rochester. I have here, in virtual reality, Austin Rich. Hi, Austin. Hello, hello. How are you? 
I'm doing great. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. You know, I I, I feel like one of those uh, sneaky bad kids that was out behind the uh, gym the other night because I stayed up late listening to the teen set punk show. So yeah. I was I was I was like I was it was like I was having cigarettes with all of my friends out at coffee or something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was I mean, that was that was pretty wild because um, last night, in fact, we are recording this on a Monday as we do for the sound of tomorrow. Um, yeah, Austin, last night we were both very bad. We stayed up very late, very past our. Middle-aged people. <laughs> that times. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're making it sound like you know uh, we we were like young hip teens, but uh, <laughs> no, the, the truth is uh, we uh, we were yawning through that uh, that show. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, we were, but um, yeah, we should probably just start off with this fun news, right? Because last night we got to call into Teen Set Radio right here on WAYO LP Rochester. Yeah, that was super fun. It really was. I do love that show. And that is one of the few things that I'm allowed to promote. So I will say, everybody, do yourselves a favor and listen to Teen Set Radio right here on WAYO LP Rochester. It's a great program. It airs midnight to one on, I guess, technically early Monday mornings, but I still call it Sunday night. Yeah. And it's like a mix of like punk rock and comedy and phone calls and yeah. just all sorts of fun stuff. Um, it's, it's a neat show. It is such a neat show. And I am not joking when I say that it's kind of my Sunday treat. I listen every single week, Nice. but there was a part I didn't listen to last night because Austin, we were on the program. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. We had a lot, really we had a lot of fun there and, 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 and it was in lieu of promoting our other, other thing. That we uh, that we do together, which is sort of the reason why I'm here today. Yes, yes. So you know, let's not keep anybody in suspense. If they don't follow either of us on any kind of social media, they wouldn't know about this. But it's pretty fun. Austin and I have a new show, and it's called Twenty Minutes into the Future. Mm-hmm. And all available information, more than you need, is at twenty minutes into the future yeah, and and I don't want to dwell on this for too long or anything because we got actual topics we want to get to. Yeah, we do. Um, but our first episode uh, aired yesterday. Um, we 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 decided to air the shows at twenty three hundred hours UK time. Uh, so that ends up being uh, about four p.m. West Coast time and seven p.m. Uh, East Coast time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, uh, and and it's like it's a fun little talk show that where we talk about Max Headroom and our lives and uh, how those two things intersect. Um, and uh, since the first episode was out yesterday, we've been doing a lot of kind of promotional stuff to try to b- bring people aware of it and to let them yeah. know uh, this is going to be every two weeks. And uh, we're going to have uh, reviews of the program. We're going to have some guests. We're going to maybe watch some films that uh, influenced and inspired the TV show. And most importantly, I get to spend time with my friend Heather from The Sound of Tomorrow. Right. And I get to spend time with my friend Austin from Mini Mutations and many, many, many other famous radio credits. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where it's like you realize you don't get to spend time with your friends because you're busy doing radio stuff. And you're like, mm-hmm. how could I spend more time with them? <laughs> and so you yes, just come exactly. up with a show as an excuse. Right. <laughs> yeah, and we've been having a lot of fun. Another thing we're going to do that I'm excited about is try out doing watch parties mm-hmm. via Zoom. Yeah. where Because we do an episode review, so we kind of thought it would be fun to 
like the show drops on a Sunday. So on a Saturday night, since, you know, still nobody can really go out at this point in time. Sure. We could just set up a Zoom and any old person could drop in if they wanted to and just watch the episode that we're going to be talking about the next day. Yeah. And, and this- I figured that's going to be fun, even if you and I are the only people there. <laughs> For sure. It's one of those technologies that, like, if you had told me in, like, the 90s or even when uh, Max Hedrum was on in those days that I could be watching it with another friend and that our faces could be on the screen side by side with the show that we're watching on the screen. You know, like, it, there, there's something about it that's so science fiction. I'd be like, ah, well, that could never happen. Well, we're doing it now, and it's going to be basically free. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's easy to do. We piloted it and it seemed to work. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we actually for our first episode, we just talked about Max Edgerman. We haven't watched anything yet. So you uh, right. you can still get in on the ground floor if you want to. Yeah, you can. And I don't know. I mean, if, if anybody wants to check out anything, like I said, all of our stuff is it 20 minutes into the future.org. That's yeah. And, 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 and feel free to check it out if you're interested. Like we said, it's free. There's no like costs to this or anything. So like, yeah, there's a, a, hopefully enjoy spending time with us and, uh, and enjoy the things that we talk about. So. Yeah. I like it very much. Um, in fact, I like it so much that should we just get this out of the way? Because I did a super goofy thing for the show. Oh, okay. What, do you, what, what did you do? Should we? I did a Max Headroom rap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, now, uh, let me just parse this sentence that you just, uh, Max sure. Headroom rap. Um, yeah. I, I understand. Called that, Max Head rap. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, Heather made a Max Headroom rap. Uh, I did. A Max Headroom rap. Heather made a Max... Okay, uh, I would have never predicted this sentence would 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 have happened, uh, even after we did the show for a while. Uh, but yeah. I, I'm I'm really excited to hear what this might be. Yeah. So, um, Space Cadets, I'm going to debut this here on the Sound of Tomorrow. This is, um, and then we'll stop talking about Max Headroom because we've been doing that a lot lately. This is my new hit single. I'm a Max Head. Max, I'm a max head, it's facts. I'm a max head, it ain't whack. I'm a max head, jump back and be a max head. He's selling Coca Cola and he lives in the TV. Yeah, max head, you miss the guy for me. I'm done with the show from 1985. Max, max head, head makes me feel alive. Edison Theora and little Bryce too. The max crack team always knows what to do. Politics and big wigs from Channel 23. But you, you know, know about, about the fringes of this place for me. But wait, who's that? Is it? For me. For me. For me. For me. Bergle and Muller make me wanna holler. I'd give Diamond Ridge my very last dollar. When Rick shows up, there ain't any other. But what I wanna know is what's up with the mother. Bent all the bars that they show in the show. It makes me feel at home, it's a thing I know. I ain't giving Metro Cops any word of thanks. Or they always gotta be harassing the blanks. Max, I'm a Max head, it's fat. I'm a max head in a whack. I'm a max head, jump back 
let me do anything. <coughs> <laughs> wow. That okay, um one uh, um I think you should maybe get a ne- another cell phone um because it's going to start blowing up with uh you you're going to get guest appearance requests to show up on hip hop albums. It's possible. I think this is going to be the next big thing. Like everybody's going to want a little sound of tomorrow uh, uh rap uh in the middle of their their next hit single. They might. I mean, there are a couple Sound of Tomorrow raps out there from way back in the day. This is not my first foray into the genre. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> they do all sound alike. <laughs> you should get an EP going. I think this could this could be this could be big for the summer. Yeah. This can yeah, this can be my new thing. Yeah, yeah. This could be like, you know, people barbecuing out in the backyard. This will be the jam that they have like yes. pumping on the stereo. Yep. I'm I'm sure of it. I know when it gets to be fire time here in Rochester, New York, I'm just going to play that file in my own yard until I guess my neighbors like call the authorities on me. <laughs> uh, wow. wow. Oh, uh, where do we go yeah. from there? Uh, uh, that... <laughs> um, you know, I think, I think there's nowhere to go, but you know, away. <laughs> yeah. The answer. I think we just go away from there. So something I wanted to ask you about, this is a segue from TV to TV, Austin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You told me that you have been recently checking out RuPaul's Drag Race. This is true. In fact, I have actually completed watching season one, uh, which, uh, you know, f- f- uh, I think we watched this in, uh, okay, full disclosure, watched this with my wife. Um, yeah. And, and uh, I think uh, we watched it in over the course of maybe two months, you know, where we would like, one week watch uh, a drag race and next week watch a Muppet show, you know, I kind of alternate mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, we weren't trying to go through them too fast because there is a limited number. Um, and, you know, part of it is that like sometimes she would have had a long day and she's like, ah, I want to watch something light. Didn't want to like, you mm-hmm. know, focus on a show or whatever. Um, and then sometimes it was like, okay, we need to watch drag race. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, it, it, well, that was kind of the circumstances and uh, you know, full disclosure, I've seen a little bit of drag race over mm-hmm. the years uh, here and there, an odd episode, never like a full season. So I never kind of knew who won or where the rankings were within the season uh, when I was watching these episodes. But uh, it, what, what I noticed right away was that it was like a really fun show. There was nothing like kind of, mean-spirited about it it was pretty light it was pretty fun everybody seemed like they're having a good time and so like that alone kind of stuck with me over the years which motivated me wanting to kind of buckle down and go you know i really should learn my history that yes absolutely and um i think that's one thing that that you're absolutely right about that even when it gets you know dramatic when there's a screaming <laughs> fight and untucked or something when mm-hmm, people are mm-hmm. very upset and very heated sure it always turns out like they've made up mm-hmm, it's okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know there there's nothing so horribly damaging at least not that i'm aware of the they're like long-term real rifts or anything like that yeah well should we get into a little bit of season one and i'll, I'll, I'll talk about some specific stuff I would love that. Yeah. So I guess we should uh, have the, the RuPaul's uh, uh, recap uh, drop somewhere in here. Oh, yeah. It's going in. Go. Okay, perfect. Okay, cool. 
Rupaul Recap with Ross and Heather. Rupaul Recap. Yeah. Uh, so what? Uh, what I figured. It, so when, in the terms of drama, uh, there is like a little bit of tension that they show throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the whole, it kind of didn't actually play out to matter. To you know, what right. was what was interesting is that they would show a little bit of drama, often from Chanel uh, about their opinion of of someone else on the show. Um, but uh, it often didn't play into how that round one went or, or mm-hmm. who, who won the competition or, or anything. Um, and so I thought that was kind of interesting was where it's like in a way where an, an, a normal competition reality show would focus on the drama as the center of the show and, and really drag that out and trying to no pun intended uh, <laughs> and, and find a way to like weave that story from beginning to end, you know, and this show is kind of like, yeah, there's a little bit of tension between them, but eh, whatever. And then moving on, next next competition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and something interesting about those confessionals, and maybe you know this because my understanding is your wife is like a real big fan, watches every season, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's so kind current. of like where Ross and I are with it. Yeah. Yeah. What I understand is the producers feed a lot of lines mm. and guide people to say certain things which definitely makes perfect sense because I know I don't do drag makeup and I know it takes quite a long time, but um, someone would kind of have to tell you like, okay, while you're doing your makeup, you ask how everyone's relationship with their father is. Oh, interesting. You know, like it's, it's not something that would necessarily come to mind. I would think, I don't know if sure. I were doing my makeup with a bunch of people, I might be like, oh, how do you like this certain brand of lipstick? Does it stay on? <laughs> right. Well, does it get on your teeth? I wouldn't immediately go to like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so what did your family think when you told them you were gay? Yeah, that might be a more intimate uh, one-on-one after the, the competition, you know, over a drink, if, if you're real close kind of conversation. <laughs> yeah, so there's definitely prompts. And then another thing I've heard, and this I believe wasn't as true in the earlier seasons, but in later seasons, you'll notice in the confessionals, the queens are always in the same outfits. Mm. And that's because the producers will actually mix and match stuff. Like anything they say could be put anywhere. Because they're all dressed the same no matter what. Yeah. So if after episode five, like Simone goes, ooh, girl. Right. That could be put in episode eight, like mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. though she's talking about someone completely different. Yeah. Th- th- this was the other thing I was thinking about while I was watching this is that like there is the fantasy while watching a competition show like this that you are seeing reality as it really is. That like what you see is happening in real time rolled out as mm-hmm. it happened and that all of the asides are inserted almost in real time as well, where they're like commenting on the action as they're going. And, and, and and you have to realize the first time they do that, where they pull back and they have, you know, like Rebecca or Bebe saying something about Mm -hmm. what just happened on the screen that, that couldn't have happened close to each other. (laughs) So, you know, that it's, it's a structured rebuilt kind of thing. 
Uh, and yet, mm -hmm. as you're watching it, it really presents itself as like, I'm getting to know these people in real time as they are first learning about each other's skills and what they can and can't do on the, on the runway. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And they, I mean, it is really, really well produced and well edited. It's funny because season one is the one that was shot in RuPaul's garage. <laughs> it's <laughs> very shoestring. Like, yeah. And they, and they almost use kind of like the location as a joke in a, in a couple ways where they're kind of like, they, they use the glamour and the not so glamorous in the establishing shots where it's like from the gutter pointing up towards the door or something uh -huh. like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's with the thick Vaseline on the lens. So you don't actually even really know what anybody looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's very fun too, because like this was over 10 years ago. And so like, it puts my oh, mind God. to like 2009, which I mean, right. like, as I'm watching this and watching all these people getting close quarters and doing these photo shoots together where they're sweating and dancing and whatnot, it's like, that was another era. <laughs> I know. You know, it is very interesting, though, because during COVID, they were able to shoot a U.S. season and a U.K. season. Mm. Wow. And the U.K. season had an eight-month break in shooting. It was really unusual because I guess it started like right before the pandemic got really bad hmm. and then rupaul comes on the the tv screen in the workroom right and says because of covid they have to stop filming wow and it was wild to see it and then they bring everybody almost everybody back um but vanessa had had covid so she couldn't come back oh my gosh um, <laughs> i know right wow uh it, I think Vanessa. I'm so bad with names. I should know them, but I'm not even going to fact check myself. <laughs> Anyhow, one of the girls. Yeah. Uh, it really doesn't matter. Um, yeah. And then the U.S. season, I guess the whole thing, they had a whole special on it. Mm. Like COVID can't keep a good queen down. Oh, and, awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it was, you know, it was a closed set. It was testing all the time. Like every day they were getting tested for COVID. Interesting. There were only certain people allowed near them. And it's, like, hopefully it it's like a wild. Hopefully it's a fairly closed set too, where like the people who are producing the show are not really interacting outside of that group of people. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yep, it was. And you'd see all the camera people wearing the shields and the masks. Interesting. Wow. I guess they do show camera people more often on reality shows than normal. Mm -hmm. uh, even yeah. even thinking about season one, there's little bits where occasionally you catch a few of the crew in the background of this or that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the judges for the, the most recent seasons were in plexiglass booths. So they were mm. all at their table but they were separated and for a while they were making jokes about you know, bank tellers and you know, they, <laughs> of course cashing checks and taking deposits and stuff. I could see with the typical kind of queen slang that gets thrown around on drag race that uh, bank deposits and bank tellers could offer a whole lot of double entendres. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and of course, this this being drive time at Wayo, we don't want to get too into any of those. But I, I think the, one the, might be the listeners imagine. can imagine where we're going with this. I think so. I think so. <laughs> Insert drag race uh, clip here. <laughs> but yeah, it is always weird to to see the before times when people were just together. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and the thing that I keep having to remind myself of is that over ten years ago, I'm watching this. There hadn't been 
RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, I keep forgetting why the first season was such a big deal. Because I'm like, well, I mean, what do you mean? Drag queens are everywhere now. I'm like, because of RuPaul. <laughs> like, you watch this first season and there wasn't a show like this. There wasn't an outlet for people on television. And especially a, a friendly outlet that didn't seem that seemed like you could have like your grandma and your daughter watch with you, mm-hmm. you know, that it was like, that it was like, Oh, Hey, this is a fun, entertaining. They're, they're just catty enough, but they're not like super mean, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, I could totally yeah. see how this was a revolution 11 years ago, I guess, or more, more even. Um, but, uh, 13. Yeah, we're on season 13 <laughs> That's now. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, like watching season one too, they they're not trying to kind of go like, isn't this weird? It's just kind of like, hey, and we're having fun. Like they jump right into it being a drag show rather than trying to yes. kind of like do three episodes of setup where they're like, okay, straight person, this is how drag works. <laughs> you know, like they just kind yeah. of assume that you'll get it and and run with it. You know, you're right. I hadn't thought about it. I started watching with season two when local queen who now lives in LA, Pandora Box, was on. Oh, right. Okay. And so then I went back to season one. So I guess by then I'd already seen season two and mm-hmm. gotten completely hooked. Got it. But yeah, you're right. I don't remember any like, okay, everybody, this is going to be kind of weird for most people, but hear us out. Yeah. It was really just like, Who's going to be America's next drag superstar? Right, and it is like the first episode. They're putting together outfits and and walking the runway. It's like there there yeah. isn't even like they just assume that you know how important all of these things are in drag culture, and, and you come to figure it out if you even if you're a total noob, uh, just by ha- watching everybody talk about it and like talk about how they learned to put their outfits together or where they learned mm-hmm. makeup from or or even just the, the moves to walk comfortably um oh and 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 well i don't think anybody's walking comfortably on that show (laughs) Uh, but i I mean mean, heels hurt yeah no i i for sure yeah as someone who has only worn them a few times in my life yes no not for me (laughs) no no it's not for me anymore either which is a shame because as many people know i'm very short i could use all the help i could get (laughs) well you could use platforms those are a little different than heels right Oh, they're a little more comfortable. Yeah, probably not much. Probably not much. Um, should I get into my uh, feelings about season one, or or how? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I I think my first uh, big upset uh, of the season was when Angina got eliminated. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you know, certainly everybody on the show is pretty excellent in terms of performing. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was. I mean, we're looking at shades of who's better in this respect or in this respect. So when people are getting eliminated, I totally get it. Um, mm-hmm. But when we got to that one, that was the first time where I was like, mm, Rue, I don't agree. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, and, and, and fortunately, I don't, I think that was kind of basically the only one that really bothered me, you know, like for a while I was want, bothered that how long Chanel lasted because I felt like yeah. Chanel was a weak link early and like kept skating through. And, and, and again, all great performers, Chanel's an awesome performer as well, but I think the others were really good too. And like mm-hmm. 
there was just like a slight edge that, uh, but in, in the end it didn't matter because Chanel did get eliminated and the three that I thought were amazing did end up being the final three. So um, I was a little sad that Nina didn't win, but I did understand why Bebe won. So that's, that's the darn thing. Mm-hmm. I completely understand why BB was the winner. Right. I just love Nina. But I love Phoebe too. Yeah. So well, it's hard. That was a tough one for me because it's like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, no, I want, ah, huh. you're the push pull of like, who do I want? Ah. Yeah. Well, if, if I went from my gut instinct, I would have wanted Nina all the way. Because even from the first competition, like Nina stood out. Nina was, mm-hmm. had like very cool style. Uh, I, I mean, and I know that like, as you get to know Nina, like they were not the most confident performer. But like as soon as they were on the runway, that went completely out the door. (laughs) You know, like it was weird to hear them say stuff like, oh, you know, I'm not confident about this or that or whatever. And then you'd see them and you're like, what are you talking about? Like, you look fantastic. (laughs) That is that is weird. I I guess I might say she almost seemed a little bit shy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's part of why maybe Bebe edged out in the end is that like Bebe was really almost fearless the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there was a few spots where Bebe was a little intimidated during the competition, but they pulled it out very quickly. So. Well, which makes perfect sense because everybody, even just to be able to send a tape in for that show, the talent level you need to have. Sure. Like, it's absurd. Yeah. And I mean, I, again, I can't do any of these things. I, no. I I wouldn't know how to put together a dress or sew. I certainly wouldn't know how to walk or perform. It would take forever for me to learn how to do steps or choreography. Like, and this stuff that most of them did fairly quickly and easily just, you know, as part of the normal competition. <laughs> yep. Even just stuff that I, as a woman, am expected to kind of know how to do, mm-hmm. like elaborate makeup and hairstyles. <laughs> right? I don't know how to do them. <laughs> right. I can kind of comb my hair in the morning and make That's sure. Like, <laughs> I can brush my hair and I can wash my hair. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm very well groomed. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and and this show also does a good job of revealing the vulnerability and the range that uh, these performers have in terms of what they look like before and after. So that mm. like you don't just see them all at their best, at their most fierce. Like you do get to see them when they're kind of waking up, having some coffee, sketching out what their makeup is going to look like. And and you get to see them transform. And so like that kind of, usually when you go to a drag show, you're not privy to that necessarily. Like you just see the final performance. And so there's a vulnerability to this aspect of seeing everyone kind of get dressed up. That's like, Oh wow, I'm I'm behind the scenes. Like I'm 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 in the inner circle. You know, that's very true. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, you just go to a drag show. You don't get to see queens out of drag unless you're somehow backstage or best friends with them or something like that. Yeah. And even like just then, a normal audience member isn't privy. And even then it's almost like you see them fully transformed and then fully untransformed. Like you don't see the in, yeah. in, in between. You know, yeah, that's a really good point, and it is interesting. Again, this is just like observations from every season. How different people feel about 
their own reasons for doing drag. Mm, yes. Like some people definitely say that it, they feel so much more confident in drag. Mm-hmm. Some people say they don't like how they look out of drag. Right. Some people consider their drag persona a separate character than them. Right. And that person has actually saved them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really beautiful and it's wonderful. And there's just so much different inspiration people can get and different reasons people do drag. I felt like a couple of times in season one, one of the themes was I reconnected with a family member after I discovered performing in some way. And and that usually was with a mother or some other motherly figure. Um, there was at least a few of the queens that expressed some version of that story um, which I think is a fairly common uh, performer drag performer experience where it's like, this is something I can bond with because this other person in my life who before we didn't have much in common. Now we, we can bond over uh, makeup and performing and, and learning routines and things. Yeah. And I feel like something I've seen over the course of the seasons is you know, a lot of really good familial relationships and some that are very sad stories, but it's really kind of heartening the all the people who are like, oh, you know, my dad's my biggest fan. My mom's yes. my biggest fan. You know, yeah. my mom's the light of my life and stuff because it, it it's just heartwarming. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sweet. Oh, 100%. So I think if I had a final whatever I would say in terms of season one, if if I was choosing based on performances, uh, my winner would have been Nina. Uh, my runner-up would have been Angina. Um, I think third would have been Bebe. I think those would have been the final three for me. Um, but uh, otherwise, I had a really good time. Like watching Fun. it, like it was you know impressive to kind of see how often the um, Lip Sync for Your Life was actually pretty interesting. Like the first three weren't super exciting, but like by Mm -hmm. the last few episodes, like each one was pretty exciting. And I was like, yeah. And and at first I was very skeptical. I was like, oh, these first few are not, it's clear who's going to win. Like these aren't ever going to be exciting, are they? And like as the season went on, it got better and better. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they get very exciting. Yeah. So, that was the one thing. If you and your wife decide to watch season two, Mm -hmm. I might check out some episodes because, like I said, local honey Pandora Box is on that season and I would not mind checking her out again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say if you are the kind of person who's sitting there, like, oh, I'm like, okay, well, uh, uh, I don't, what, what's in this show for me? I, I don't know why I would watch it. The people, they don't, the, those aren't SRT listeners. <laughs> space, space cadets. Are, we've, we've weeded out people who are like, Rue who? Yeah. Well, uh, if you're, if you have, if there is someone in your life where you're like, Hey, I know a, a straight cis uh, white person. Uh, and I would like them to watch this show with me. You can be like, well, Hey, Austin uh, is the perfect example. There's a lot of really fun stuff in this show. That's, I mean, if, if you want something where like after dinner, you want some like fun entertainment that you can watch with the family. Like, this is totally the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. 
So something else I was wondering for this show, Austin, how are your cats? Mm. Welcome to a, a segment that that I like to call Cat Chat. It's a, a yes. big feature here on the Sound of Tomorrow. I was going to say that um, I don't feel like this is a very good phone call so far because I have not seen any Nigel, and so I know. Last <laughs> I knew, he was he was asleep. Mm. Just we are on video right now for for those of you who who are hearing our voices later. He's just in there, I think. Oh, excellent. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nigel has been um, having a pretty good week because in Rochester, New York right now, it is warm mm. and the windows are open. Nice. Which makes an elderly kitty want to speed around the house. Sure, sure. Yeah, spring is here. Spring is sprung. And, and every, yeah. everyone's feeling it, for sure. Or at least fall spring here. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was yesterday. He was tearing around the house. And then I hear him and he's meowing very quietly he's just singing a song <laughs> to himself and so i'm like dude where are you and i go into my bedroom and he's just in the middle of the bed singing a quiet song <laughs> and so i look at oh. him like well you're weird sure and he just came zooming <laughs> over to me for some pets and i'm like dude yeah what are you doing? now uh, if this was a movie that could be the beginning of a horror movie where like you go in he's singing to himself and then like there's a scary thing behind you or something you know? uh-huh yeah so like, i could understand why you'd be a little apprehensive <laughs> yeah i mean he just does all kinds of weird things it's like why are you singing a song well, in this, in the vein of spring uh, at our house, uh, so we have uh, for SOT listeners who may not have heard me talk about my cats before, um, we ha- we got two COVID kittens um, uh, that their 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 birthday will actually be April thirtieth, uh, so they're just uh, under a year old. Um, oh my goodness! And so this is kind of their first spring where they're like you know full grown kitten boys ready to take on the world. Uh, and, and we have one of those back door sliding glass affairs, um, uh, that's all basically one gigantic window to the backyard. Uh, Mm -hmm. and so this is now the most entertaining thing these kittens have ever seen because it's bird central out there. And like they, they, they have some sort of weird innate knowledge that they should be out there chasing the birds, but they don't know why. (laughs) You've got the big screen TV for them. Basically. Yeah, exactly. The wildlife channel. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and and this is the perfect time of year because we had our uh, ice storm not too long ago. So there's piles of branches uh, in the yard that need to be chopped up and dealt with still. And so the birds love these. And so it's mm-hmm. like perfect viewing for the cats because they can just stare at those piles and watch the birds come in and come out and flit around. And it's just perfect entertainment. Oh, that's so cute. Do they make the <laughs> noise at the birds? So they are still getting their voices. So they have the, the cutest little meows that are still coming in. Um, oh. Yeah, it's very adorable. Um, I, I, I wish I had good recordings of it I would send you, but I haven't quite gotten it gotten to that phase yet <laughs> uh but yeah wow they don't have their grown-up voices not yet they still have their cute little cat squeaks uh, kitten squeaks they're, they're, i mean they're coming in and certainly i think oryx probably has the fullest voice of the two um but uh Crake does have a, a, a lovely little meow as well and and they're and they're just adorable so, so they never make that weird little creaking at the birds noise i haven't it's a different than a meow it's like a 
<laughs> yeah, I have not heard that, but uh, maybe maybe it'll come in as they get older. So who yeah, knows? Nigel used to do it sometimes. Hmm, interesting. Um, yeah, it's funny. I've known grown-up cats who have those kitten squeaks still mm-hmm. for their meows. Yeah, yeah. I guess it depends. Like this could be the extent of what their meows will be like. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but certainly, there was a phase in that you know early months where we didn't hear them much because they weren't yet meowing you know um very very much at all uh and so it was a very kind of cute when they first started getting their voices where it was kind of like oh Aww. yay <laughs> it was very adorable as anybody anybody who's listened to this program knows that nigel has a very powerful meow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i've heard it and he uses it often yeah I'm, <laughs> i think um it, it definitely picks up on recordings sure yeah he doesn't creak at the birds anymore but a couple years ago, I don't have a big screen TV for him like you do, mm-hmm. but he's got a decent sized television. Nice. And I put a table with a chair under that window. Oh, perfect. And then to make things a little bit more fun, I bought a bird feeder for him. Mm, nice. So the birds are just right out there. Sure. But he's learned if he jumps up on the table, sometimes he scares the birds. Nice. Okay. So sometimes I'll also find him on the floor and he's just like wiggling his butt and he's looking up at the birds. <laughs> Pretty cute. That's very adorable. Yeah. You know, we have a um, cat that likes to play fetch among our boys. Um, and it's the most adorable thing. They, so they have favorite toys that they enjoy. Uh, um each of them and it's different which i which i think is wonderfully adorable as well um but uh oryx loves a little spring um and and these come in little packets of cat toys where they're like you know three or four maybe uh five springs they're kind of mm-hmm. different colors and they're interlaced so you like you know un- un- uncurl them and toss them around cats love yes. them um now, but oryx will fetch it bring it back to us and drop it and and kind of like look at us like yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have developed this whole game, and he'll play it for as long as your attention span will continue, <laughs> where you just throw it down the hall, and he'll go chase it and bring it back. <laughs> I love that. And I've never lived with a cat that would interact in that way. Like, I, I've lived with cats where the, you can get the little laser pointer out and maybe a few cat toys, and, mm-hmm. and you can often get them to, to jump and interact a little bit in that sense. But fetch? This is the first time I've ever seen that. <laughs> yeah. Growing up, we had a cat who would play fetch. She had a cool. plush toy that was like shaped like a sock, mm. like a rainbow striped sock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we lived in a split level. So she loved it if you stood it in the kitchen and tossed this stuffed toy down the stairs into the like family room basement area uh-huh, uh-huh. and then she would sprint down the stairs she'd get the toy she'd come tearing back up she'd put it right down at your feet and you just throw the thing she'd go back nigel has never been one for any kind of fetching he did <laughs> used to play he doesn't play quite quite as much as you know like i've said he's elderly mm-hmm. so he he'll race around but he used to like a game where he would sit at the top of the stairs and you would throw balls to him and then he'd hit them. He had very good hand-eye coordination. Oh, nice. So he'd just like hit them, but he didn't have great great aim. So, you know, sometimes you had to go and like 
get them from two stairs below him. Sure. So this is like a beginning soccer player kind of thing where it's not he's not yeah. he's not quite as good, but he's but he's good. He's learning. Yep. He definitely rarely let anything go by unless it was a very errant throw, which I'm not blaming <laughs> him for not having good aim because I also don't have good aim. Mm. Well, this is why you both get better. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe later I'll go and see. He does have some of those springs. Sure. I will admit he he never I've tried over the years many, many, many different kinds of toys to tempt my elder cat to play. And I'm lucky if I get a little bat. <laughs> well, <laughs> it is funny because our other cat, who uh, Fade, who we had before these two boys, uh, she wasn't much of a toy play cat, you know. I mean, she, she basically liked naps and food mm-hmm. and not much else you know yeah i think i think fade really liked marla as well and i think that was about it (laughs) so uh so it is interesting go from that end of the spectrum where the cat was really not interested in toys much at all um to this end of the spectrum where the boys really engage with toys a lot and and they seem to love it (laughs) well and from what i remember fade is also an older lady? Yeah, yeah, getting on. Um, and so uh, she's not as spry as she used to be, um, but certainly uh, uh, she can put the light out when she needs to. You know, if there's a treat <laughs> on the other end of that, she'll she'll come a trotting down the hall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we're, oh, we're ra- so running good. we're running low on time. Should we move on to our last topic before we? Uh, I think we definitely should. Yeah, you know, we could talk about time cats. Goes so fast. Yeah, we could talk about cats forever, but I, I want to kind of squeeze this one in because this is a, like a dual topic in that it's um related to our other program, but it's not mm-hmm. exactly something we've talked about directly on the other show. Um, mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so, one feature of a lot of dramas especially from the 80s um was uh the possibility of finding romance at work um mm-hmm. and this is such a common theme in television that it almost feels like there was this unwritten rule of all tv that like work was the dating pool that like you know like sooner or later you would find someone there that would be your partner <laughs> and that like finding a job was as, as instrumental into your future romance life as, as any, especially as it is portrayed on television. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I'm wondering if with writing for TV, is that just because we can only have so many locations and so many scenes? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so you got, you know, uh, what, what do they call that? The, the um, dramatic, um, uh, unities that you have to have in the Greek tragedies where you have to have the unity of space, unity of time and unity of characters. And so like, I'm positive it's that it's the unity of finding your, your dating partner at work. Right. <laughs> uh, and so <laughs> that's another one from the Greeks. Right. Yeah. So we talk about this a lot on 20 minutes into the future because one element of the show is this, will they, won't they with these two coworkers uh, on Max Hedrum? Uh, we'll, we'll, without having to flesh out the plot more than that. Um, uh, and and uh, what we have found as we watch this show is that the way they express this, will they, won't they, is always at work in the weirdest, worst yeah. circumstances <laughs> where it comes off as sexual harassment almost every time without fail, even when they're not at work, but they're doing work things together. They find a way yeah. to make it creepy sometimes. Uh and and so like there was this is one of those things that has been on my mind more so than normal lately because 
as I remember it, especially when I was growing up, some jobs were creepy like that, where just people were dating each other at work pretty openly, and you kind of had to become comfortable with that environment or not stay there. Um, and as a younger person, this was very confusing to me, <laughs> you know, and, and I think restaurants was the place where this was often guilty sure. uh, or those kinds of jobs where the turnover was high and the uh, staff were often very young. Um, uh, and so as a young person where you'd occasionally have these jobs where romance at work seemed to happen and then television where you would see it happen on dramatic purposes uh i could see how you would get very confused in life as you go on about whether or not this is appropriate <laughs> uh and so um I, you know, I was um inspired to try to look up some statistics uh oh wow yeah and i mean i i, I have you ever done this dive as you as a as a, an investigator i most definitely have not researched yeah, data. I don't, it, is this data about like how many relationships have started at work? No, um, I, I mean, so this is more about sexual harassment at work than anything. Okay. Um, uh, it, so this is from an NPR story that's actually uh, from 2018, so it's a couple years old. Um, but they're, you know, they're talking about um, you know sexual harassment at work and percentages and whatnot. And one of the things that I noticed when I was trying to get some data is how much the numbers would fluctuate. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. you'd get like one data set that would say like, Oh, 25% of people at work have experienced sexual harassment. And then another one would say like 95% of people I'm like, well, it's probably somewhere between 95 and yeah. 25, but <laughs> you know, and that's a I'll wide my, range. My, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll I'll hold my thoughts on a reason that that could be, unless you'd like to hear them right now. Uh, well, I, I'll just get to the the chase on this yeah. article here. Um, and and uh, I mean, this is not not anything that's particularly um uh like groundbreaking or anything like that. But I, I think what this particular author was talking about was how there isn't a lot of data on harassment at the workplace, and when there is, it's messy it's incomplete and it excludes whole kinds of cases that are brought up or mm -hmm. things that are sometimes considered harassment and sometimes not depending on the company you talk to uh all sorts of weird and, and so this article is making the point that like it is difficult to find a, a statistic that you can say this is what happens in America. Um, but um, when they launched their own kind of social media version, of it, it's probably what you can guess, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's a, 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 um, a f maybe half of men and almost all women experience yes. some kind of sexual harassment. Uh, and this is when you are have a more inclusive definition of sexual harassment at work rather than these kind of nitpicky ones that you sometimes find mm -hmm. in corporate literature. Yeah. Um, I can definitely see why the data would be hard to find and <laughs> um, potentially misleading because I know for a fact jobs that I have worked in the past have not taken sexual harassment seriously. Mm -hmm. And an example... I have that's very memorable to me is when I was a much younger woman, 
I had a coworker who was also a much younger woman, and I definitely had people say creepy things to me, make inappropriate mm. comments about what I was wearing. It scared me, and I felt really threatened, but I wasn't brave enough to try to report it. My friend, however, who is also a young woman working there, did try to report it. And what she was told was that, um, A, she was making it up. B, it was all in her head. C, she should get over herself. Wow. I, I don't know if I can roll my eyes hard enough to be heard yeah. on the radio. Like, right. Ugh. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. rough. And I think, yeah, it, and it. I think that that's just so incredibly common. I have also found for myself that um, at times there have been, you know, in other jobs, of course, um, things that maybe I'd like to report. And yet navigating the system to try to do it is so hard. And and they try to make it seem like, oh, yeah, just go to this website or, or call this one person between these hours yeah. and whatnot. And it's like it's never as simple as call one person or navigate a website. <laughs> yep. And then <sighs> even companies that take things very, very seriously and have training and everything. Like in my company, there's definitely training that mm -hmm, we're given mm -hmm. on how to not be confused about what is and isn't harassment. Right. Um, even then, people can just be afraid to report, ashamed to report, embarrassed to report, Right. Um, they don't want to make a big deal. They don't want to cause trouble. They don't want to be seen as a problem person. So even in a company with a really great culture that's like, no, we want everybody to feel safe and protected here. Right. There's a lot of stigma. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you don't want to be seen as a problem. You don't, you don't want to, oh, do you? I'll say she. She takes everything so seriously. Did you hear what she was saying? Well, and this will sometimes at work, uh, I mean, I don't need to tell you this, but it'll end up taking the form of retaliation or, well, now you're no longer eligible for promotions or mm -hmm. any number. And it all sounds like they're trying to pull some sort of company line. It was like, well, you know, you rock the boat too much. You know, they say things like that, which is coded for like, you file too many complaints, <laughs> you know. Right, uh, and you're trying to Im improve the experience here. Yeah. And then some things that definitely, they make you feel bad and threatened and scared, but it's just not worth it. Mm. I think that's another problem. I know in my personal experience, I was kind of conditioned to to understand, like, Hey, these things are gonna happen. You know, mm. get over yourself and grow a thicker skin. Yeah. Well, you know, in relation to our other program, one of the elements of the show that we watch is that, and, and we've noticed this as we watch it, is that there is like this environment where everyone's just okay with sexual harassment in that particular workplace. They've got this community where they just kind of like toss these lines back and forth at each other as if it's okay. You know, yeah. and, and, and it becomes this toxic place where suddenly um, it's really not comfortable to do much of anything. Right. And it, it doesn't even seem like the characters see it that way. Like one example I can think of is, you know, one of the characters goes like, ooh, nice legs. And 
but the other one's like, oh, well, when do I get to see yours? Yeah. There's a I'm lot like, of that. There's a lot of that You're kind of. You're at work. Yeah. You're now, at work. Stop. And, and even. You're at work. And even when it's like a woman to a man ogling his legs, which is the context of this particular scene. Yeah. Um, like, she probably should not have joked about nice no. legs at work. He probably should no. not have even, you know, like it wound up it. Like there's so many level and, and his boss is watching this exchange right next to them. He should not have yeah. let this happen. <laughs> like, there's right. so many levels to this. And, and, and again, they're trying to paint this. Oh, they're, they're just a couple that's going to, they're going to almost kiss in a few episodes. So just hang in there, right. you know, and, 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 and we're watching this going like, you know, where's HR? Like, what is I know, happening? I like, that's not cute. <laughs> yeah, I think on the podcast, I probably did that same exact, like, they're at work. Right. Stop it. They're at work. Yeah. I, I don't want to go too much farther about the article, but I will say that uh, it continues to mention, and, and this, like I said, is an NPR uh, article from February 21st, 2018. Um, I can put a link to it or, or send, send it to if you're curious. Um, but it also mentions that, Work is uh, probably only the second place that women experience, women and men, but women mostly um, experience this. Uh, public is this other place in life, just in yes. passing. Uh, I was going to. Um, where I was going to say, do you, oh, it's the other place on the street. Yeah, no, that, outside that, my home. <laughs> yeah, and that's what they make the point is that, like, essentially, um, the two places that women will probably end up going on their way to work outside and to work are the two places where they will experience this kind of harassment. And, yes. and, and it was something that I had never, you know, part of me had internalized this idea of like, well, it's probably when people are interpersonally react interacting or uh, at work or at a specific place in my mind, I had, internalized oh the cat call has got to be the thing from the 30s or something <laughs> you know like like that it, it that it, and of course i had to be reminded no it happens mm. constantly no. it's it's a it's a thing still so <laughs> yeah yeah so it does it definitely does um but you know, i think we have reached our time here so i will remind the space cadets that it's not nice to cat call people unless the people you're calling are cats yes and you're cat calling to the cats uh, yes austin Those are thank the... you so much for joining me yeah and, and if you want to hear more conversations like this but um filtered through uh pop culture check out our other show um but yeah, i am love doing this and i'm always it's always a pleasure to join the sot and 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 please uh if Ross is ever feeling a little under the weather, just uh, give me a ring. Well, this was a ton of fun, and hopefully Ross will be in the office next week. But, yeah, we can always have you back sometime. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Coming up next on WAYO, LP Rochester's The Fantastic Program, Music Matters, which music does totally matter. So stick around.
The Sound of Tomorrow has been brought to you by Jimmy Spaceboy, who reminds you... Max, I'm a Max Head, it's facts. I'm a Max Head in NY. I'm a Max Head, jump back and be a Max Head. Wasn't that fun? I think it was pretty fun. I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I really like, though, Austin? Hmm. I really like mail. Message! Yeah. Well, you know, as I teased kind of at the top of this, um, you know, um, a, a little behind-the-scenes uh, situation here, I have an old-fashioned mailing list where I send people postcards in the mail uh, once a month. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. One of the things I did when we were kind of building and promoting and kind of testing out uh, a little bit of the 20 minutes into the future behind the scenes stuff is I sent out some postcards where people could hear the first episode of the show in advance and get a little sense of what they thought of um, of the show. And so I actually got some responses back from a couple of people who listened to the pilot and were excited about the show. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And so I wanted to give a shout out to Jen Ken, um, uh, my buddy in New York, um, New York, New York, that is who um, wrote. And uh, actually um, uh, Jen Ken says, um, love the pilot podcast, Max Headroom, ball of dread thing. And then he, (laughs) he continues to write, uh, in luxury high-rise skyscrapers in Hudson Yards, there are apartments that have space for cars. Elevators take the car up. It's unbelievable, but true. Huh? And, and I, I think you looked into this, actually, Heather, if I'm not mistaken, where you found a whole... I did, because you told me about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, of course, as we know, Theora parks in her apartment. She's just right there in her living-slash-bedroom combo. Right. With her car, just yeah. hanging out. And so I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. In these high-rise luxury apartments, are you telling me they've just got a car in the living room? Is that weird? And it's not exactly like that. It's more right outside the front door. Right. It's it's close. Uh, there's a wall Very. between you and the car, but like like a, an apartment wall, not so much like a like a like a house wall. <laughs> right. Not like an like a, a, a an attached garage or something of that sort. Yeah. It really is just. From what it looked like, despite the fact that these are the highest end luxury apartments, to me, it looked like you open your door and you stare at your car. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's the just bummer right of it is that if you don't have a car you have to bring up, there's glass where you can get a huge view of the city. <laughs> mm-hmm. But instead, in these apartments, you open your door and you look at your car. You don't see this view. <laughs> So, um, you know, there's there's some give, there's some take. Your car is right there. Mm-hmm. Very, very close. Very, very special. Also, I think I'd be scared in a car elevator. Yeah, that seems like very tight quarters. You're inside a car, yeah. inside an elevator, inside a building. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. Moving up. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been on a ferry. Now I have But the that same idea of putting my car on a boat and then I'm in my car on a boat, mm. like I'll admit I have some trepidation. 
Yeah, I, I don't know what it's like uh, elsewhere, but I know in Washington, a lot of the ferries that they offer, you don't have to be inside the car. You can get out and oh, kind of walk around. But um, that sounds better. I don't know what ferries are like. And, and, and this is all from me watching it in film and, and hearing people talk about it. I've never actually needed to use one. So. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. No, no, yeah. I'm a little bit afraid of them, just like I'm a little bit afraid of car elevators. But <laughs> nevertheless. Well, thank you so much, Jen. The story is true. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jen Ken. Yes. Um, you know, uh, Jen Ken's a wonderful um, artist and uh, um, male enthusiast, and uh, uh, we love him to pieces. Uh, and I also got a postcard from um, uh, Leslie Singer, um, who uh, also a New York um, uh, resident, um, but um, you know, uh, is looking forward to more Twenty Minutes into the Future. The future is a past that hasn't happened yet, and everybody knows that what you see is what you get. Thank you so much, Leslie. That's so nice. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. I, I, it's just one of those things where like old fashioned male, so charming, so wonderful. You're older than you've ever been. And now you're even older. And, and you mm -hmm. know, since we're talking about uh, interactions and whatnot, um, we do recommend that people uh, leave a review for us in uh, iTunes if they can. Um, we come up pretty quickly if you search for 20 minutes into the future. Um, and, and we already got an excellent five-star review, um, which, uh, I mean, I, I, should I read this? This is... Oh, that would be nice. This is from Jay Rowe. Yeah, yeah. This is very sweet. Uh, Jay, who ha had only actually heard uh, a little bit, uh, not even the complete uh, pilot, just uh, just the sample of the pilot. Um, but uh, Jay writes, uh, a deep dive into the 80s. I think I'm the same age as the hosts. And about the only thing I remember about Max Hedrum is his ubiquity in pop culture. Since then, for the most part, I completely stopped thinking about him. I'm really excited that someone is doing a deep dive into this bit of pop culture history that, after 30-some years, deserves a bit of context. So, I thought that was very sweet. Yeah, we absolutely love to hear feedback. We especially love good feedback. Um, we do have our Gmail at mitchheadroom at gmail.com. Hmm, yeah. Please feel free to send us a message and... Uh, yeah, who knows? You'll probably end up on another off-week show like this. Yeah. But... Da, 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 no spoilers. Thank you so much for sticking around. Yeah, it's occasionally, not all the time, but we might drop in little bits like this if we have an announcement or yes. some uh, mail that we want to read back to you. But um, uh, in the meantime, uh, thank you so much for listening and uh, stay tuned because uh, next week is the big episode two. Um, and uh, you'll want to find out uh, what happens then. 20 Minutes Into the Future, a Max Headroom podcast with Heather and Austin. Theme song by Shot Reverse Shot, edited by Austin Ridge in the Lava Lamp Lounge. You can write to mitchheadroom at gmail.com if you want to contact the show or call 585-678-1211 where you can leave a glitched out 8-bit message that may get played on the show. That number again is 585-678-1211. You can also visit 20minutesintothefuture.org for show notes, podcasting links, and other information. This is announcer Mitch, signing off for Heather, Austin, and Network 23. Be seeing you.
Hello? Hello? Hey. Is it you? Hey, how are you? I, I, I think we made it. I think we finally made it. I'm very excited. Yeah. It's a blank revolution. I know. I think we're not on yet, but it is going to be a blank revolution. Hello? There's something... There's, Hello? Hello? Something how are you? It seems like there's something wrong with the signal. There's some kind of... I'm hearing voices. I don't... I hear a lot of static, and I hear some oh. voices. Is there somebody there? Oh, no, we... We have hacked in... Austin, Austin, I can here. see it. I can see it. You... Who is There's this? one more decryption. Who is this? You're in. You're live. Austin, start the podcast. Who, who is this? Okay, what are you guys doing? now... The, this is 20 minutes into the future, and uh, we blank Bruno sent us, uh, and who we are here to uh, send the message. What? Uh, Austin, uh, be careful. I can see something on the monitor. I, I think uh, you're not okay, alone. I'm going to move to the left and um, avoid the rakers. Who is this? What's going on? Hey, Will, it's just Heather calling. How are you? Hey, how did you guys do that? How did you guys get on the, the, the thing here? You know, it's been a year. We've learned some new skills. So, um, my friend Austin also is on the line, and we have started hacking. Hack? How did you hack? Yeah, into- yeah. How did, you, how did you hack in the whale? How did you do that? Well, I, well, I, I started I wearing a big, all long... I my secrets. I started wearing a long trench coat, and uh, I have an old typewriter here connected to a computer, uh, and so they just let me in. Yeah, that'll that'll do it. Yeah, and I definitely am in a power suit, and I've got a lot of shiny blue eyeshadow. That's that's, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I would want to see. Yeah. So, uh, what do you what do you guys <laughs> yes. what are you guys uh, hacking in for? Do you have something to tell the people? What's going on? Yeah, well, we were hacking in because Austin and I we're doing this new podcast, okay, and it's about the 1980s program Max Headroom. Is that what, and I wanted to call your show specifically. You didn't call my show. You you Max Headroomed into my show. Well, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. call hack. I wanted to use polite terminology, but I appreciate that. Fine. I mean, we've taken over the network, but but you know. Yeah. So we wanted well, to hack to. into your show because some months ago yeah. you had. And I'm so bad with names. You had a fellow on from California. He's a punk rocker. Yeah. And he said the only program he liked was Max Headroom. Oh. And I said, that's our audience. That one guy. He was on your show. <laughs> that's the guy. Yeah, that's the guy you need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we so do, that is do the one guy. Listen. So what, what do you do on this show? Yeah. What, is right. your, what do you do on your show? Well, uh, basically, we uh, watch an episode of the TV show Max Headroom, yeah. uh, a program that I know fairly well because yes. I grew up with it and watched it when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, but surprisingly, Heather has never seen. Okay. I had never seen it. How is it going? So yeah. You you did your first episode recently, right? Yeah, just today. Yes, the first episode just up today. Heather, how did it go? I think it went great. It's been awfully fun because, like Austin said, he knows everything about this program. Okay. And literally, I'll tell you, yeah. I saw the commercials because I'm old enough to have known this program. Sure. But the things I knew about Max were he, he lives in a TV and he, yeah. He, yeah. he enjoys Coca-Cola. Of course. And I thought the show is a sitcom. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, it is now, I'll tell you what. Yeah, it is. Yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> how many? But it's been so interesting getting into it. How many episodes are there? Uh, there's not that many, actually. Like, the show that was on in the U.S. only had about 14 episodes. So when you get the 14, do you just switch over to ALF or something? What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we're going to do. It's definitely going to be ALF. Okay. Well, I, I, yeah, that's a good point. Okay. We yeah. needed some new ideas. Uh, well, we're going to have an off season yeah. uh, between uh, at season one and season two where we watch some of the movies and films that inspired Max Headroom, like Blade Runner and Network and... Uh, uh, I might try to throw in, like, Repo Man, just because uh, that seems appropriate. Yeah, okay. So anything of that genre of a TV in a head, that'll work? That's what you're saying? Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Anything with a TV in a head. Okay, I think and that's... And then Max was a VJ for a while, so I think we're going to like watch some of the VJ stuff, things like that. It's just been a lot of fun getting into this new thing. I have found that... I am now a complete Max head, wow. which is what everybody calls Phantom Max Headroom. After one yeah, episode. Yeah, like total Max was, head over here. It only took one episode and you were hooked. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Will, we've been working ahead. Oh, all right. All yeah. Right. So, well, and, and one yeah, of the things just, about just a little bit ahead. <laughs> and, and one of the things about this yes. program, too, is like, I think right now in particular, it's yes. most appropriate to talk about because... Uh, a feature of Max Hedrum is the Metro Cops, who yes. are in these, you know, gigantic riot comp gear-laden people that really yeah. cause trouble for um, almost everyone in the program. Everyone, yeah. And uh, this, this seems way too relevant for the world right now that we have to be talking about this. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't. It does. We talk an awful lot about the Metro Cops. We, uh, we have another call-in lunch. Will you see what they want? Sure. Okay, I definitely want to know what they want. Uh, caller number 14. Ooh, awesome. the Maybe whole Will is patching them through. Ca- caller, are you there? We can hack them. Excuse me? Hi, are you there? Caller number 44? Pardon? Can I help you? Pardon? Hello, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, hi. Uh, good. I'm uh, I'm well-regulated. Uh, mm, how do that's you, important. How do we interpret that, you guys? Well, you can interpret I, I think, think it Clearly I think Bruno it means that you. he's not, he's trying to tell us that he's not one of the blanks. Okay, we can accept oh, that. Oh, you know what? Because no, he's so well regulated. You're speaking to a quarter engine man here. You're speaking to a quarter engine man. I, I'm, and mm. I brought my bow and arrow to the way of studio. Wait, what? And I'm ready to <laughs> hold it up. I, oh, it's the bow, oh, dear. It's, it's the bow and arrow guy. You have the bow and arrow at the studio? Mm. All right. I think we need to send Borgel and Mahler after him. All right. Caller number 44. That was out of line. That was a threat. Was that a threat? Is that what that was? No, no. It's just a joke. Welcome to Jackass. I'm the culprit. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) All right. Um, Will, do you want us to take care of this? Because we do have some very serious hacking equipment, and I don't want to say anything too much here, but we can help if there's a problem. It seems like there may be a problem. Can you hack into a bow and arrow, though? Or a bow and arrow? Absolutely. Maniac? (laughs) I say we dispatch uh, Bruegel and Mahler and uh, have them come by. Uh, We'll send the bow and arrow man down to the body bank. I appreciate that. Well, Take care of that. And where can people listen to this podcast? 
20minutesintothefuture.org. 20minutesintothefuture.org. That's beautiful. And what? Yeah. And the first episode is up, and you explore, and you become immediately addicted to Max Headroom. That's the, the synopsis of the program? That's right. You become a complete and total Max Head. Wow, that's a beautiful Come yeah. with us and on the journey. That's beautiful. And, I, and I, we have some fun stuff. We have some fun stuff planned for the future, so hopefully we're going to get some interviews in and, uh, you know, just uh, watch some fun shows, some movies, some TV, maybe even just DJ some music videos. Wow, the, this is a, a creative venture. <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> Absolutely, and so we're just going to go. I think um, we have a few more sites that we are going to hack to I call, um, hack call tonight. Yeah. So thanks yeah, for letting us hack on in. Try, try hacking into yeah. CMF or something and see how that goes. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, we'll put that next on our list after Bow and Arrow Guy. Well, Bow and Arrow Guy's back on the phone. <laughs> Bow and Arrow the guy, guy is back on the phone. Let's see. Uh, call in number 52. You're on the air. Yeah, hi. I just want to let you know that a bow and arrow is the most efficient weapon okay. of the Native American people. That's a that's a that's a good thing to know. It's I true. Just want to it's true. Know. I didn't know. But that. hey, additionally, I would like to say that uh, that 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 fine fine person from Buffalo with her new shop opening up. That sounds like a really cool place to go. I work a lot in Buffalo, and uh, I'm definitely going to make an effort to stop by there. Okay. And what about the podcast? Will you listen to the podcast about Max Adrum? What podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to be saying that for a while. <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> There's a podcast that goes along with the um, shops. <laughs> Don't, don't, worry, don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. So, what was the what was the website for the podcast? Never has a sure word been spoken. Yeah, it's twenty uh, minutes into the org. All right. Thanks for calling in, guys. Unhack me now, will you? Yeah. No all problem. right. All right. Okay. Logging out. Re-encrypting. Thanks for having us on, Will. Thank you. Bye.